Uh, a fair warning before the episode starts, we're going to be talking about Laura Olympus that has deals with uh, sexual trauma, sexual assault, and a bunch of other trauma stuff that's around it, like uh, not ab- abusive parents, um, or at least really parents that hold on tight to you. So if, if you don't want to hear anything about that, if you guys who are listening or stressed out about the world and just don't need more things to hear that are stressful, um, might want to skip this episode for right now. But I want to put that out in the open right away that we will be touching a bunch of sensitive topics probably throughout the episode. And with that, we're going to get on with the show. Hello and welcome back to the Comic Books Matter podcast. I'm your host, Jesse, and with me today is my first reoccurring guest. Since the last time she's been on, she's become an internet paced magazine and a part-time streamer. It's Jessica. I forgot to ask if you wanted Howard or Cogswell. Howard is, is what I'm using. Okay, Howard. Okay. I was like, I think last time I said the other last name, but now I realize the Twitter account says the other. Yeah, pro- probably. Like, I just changed it like a month ago or whatever. Okay, well, Jessica Howard, how are you doing, Jessica? <laughs> I'm good. I didn't realize I was your first reoccurring guest. I feel so special now. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's great because, like, we talked about American Vampire last time. Yeah, we did. And now there's a new American Vampire. Oh, yeah. Oh, I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah, I read, I read that first issue and I'm like, I don't remember anything that happened before this. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? Speaking of things that just came out today too, um, didn't the the Killjoys volume came oh, out yeah, or not the, today, the, but the, came out the recently? New, uh, the new issue, I think, came out uh, yesterday. Cause today's Thursday, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> yeah, so it came out yesterday. Time yeah, is not real. <laughs> time, time is uh, all day today. I'm like, it's Friday, right? <laughs> Please. Oh my gosh, Friday. me too. I've been doing that all day. <laughs> and I realized that. Oh no, I still have one more day. <laughs> Yep, same. <laughs> um, so today we're gonna talk about Laura Olympus by oh God. I am like as much as I prepare for these shows, I am never prepared. Um, it's just, it's just a mess sometimes over here. Uh, Rachel, Smy- is it Smythe? Do you pronounce it Smythe? I don't know if it's Smythe or Smith. I don't yeah. know. Rachel, I guess... I'm so sorry for butchering your last name. If you ever hear this, <laughs> I would guess Smythe. Yeah, it looks know. like Smythe to me. Well, that's the thing. Like, I look at um, the main lead's name, and I can't pronounce it to save my life in my brain or in uh, just saying it out loud. Like, I know Zeus, I know Hades. I can't say her name. Oh, I just Persephone. Persephone. Okay. I can't read it that way. I read it as something else because my brain just doesn't register sounds, I guess. It, well, it looks like it would be like Persephone or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like, so yeah, but it's Persephone. So just. I know we you brought this up because you we were because um, Hades is out the video game Hades yeah <laughs> and as much as I don't play video games I know a lot about Hades 
Yeah, it's I feel like if you are um, on the internet right now, you know a lot about Hades. It's kind of taken over. And um, I, I was so jazzed when you said, hey, I want to talk about Laura Olympus on stream. And I'm like, ah, Jess, come back on. Let's talk about Laura Olympus. Because this was one of the first webtoons I really got obsessed with when I, I jumped into webtoons like mid this year. Mm-hmm. It was this, um, Unordinary, and um, why is it lost? Like Tower of God. Mm. And Unordinary and Tower of God like really fall into like the shonen or like western comics type of thing but lore olympus is such a weird special case in my brain because it's just so pretty and so well constructed and everybody feels natural mm-hmm. and i was utterly just amazed by how fast i read it yeah oh i mean i got through all of the issues <laughs> Or I guess episodes is what they're labeled. Um, within two or three days, it's it's it it, it reads like butter. Yeah. Oh, that, you that's just the best keep, way to describe it. Yeah, you just you flip through it because like the whole. I mean, the interface is like you just scroll down. <laughs> so it's like you start at the top, scroll down, read it, and then you hit next, and like you can just pour through them. And I, and I I really. I mean, we'll, I think we, maybe we should talk about what the story is first and then talk about what, why it's so good. Um, but the basic, it's a retelling of the relationship between Hades and Persephone, right? Like, this is actual Greek mythology, but retold in kind of a modern context with modern sensibilities in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very complex. It's very much a drama, because if anybody knows anything about Greek or Roman mythology, it's very drama heavy um i'm trying to think like the i I think feel like it's like the first daytime soap opera but probably not during the day (laughs) no it's true though i mean all like it's it's wild the shit the gods got up to (laughs) in greek mythology um i mean all of all of them are kind of insane but greek mythology is is truly something to behold (laughs) and um I remember reading it the first time and I'm like, this this just reads like a movie and it feels like a movie I've seen multiple times. Yeah. But at the same time, when the characters speak, they sound like friends of mine, mm-hmm. which is bad in a lot of ways, but good in a lot of ways. <laughs> it's very, like, I will admit that it very much feels like fan fiction to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, I mean that in the best way. And also in the sense that, like, it is kind of cheesy. You know, it is very, yeah. like, fan service y feeling. It makes you feel all warm. You just, you just want them to kiss the whole time. Um, but it's good. And the art is stunning. Yeah. That, that is something I think that stands out most of all is just the art of it. Is it's so fairy tale like in a lot of ways, but at the mm-hmm. same time, keeping a level of adultness to it. Mm-hmm. like the characters are built kind of blocky and kind of like a cartoon character would be built but at the same time you have uh persephone being like um like she has curves she has human proportions and like like a lot of the characters who are more down to earth feel more like people that you hang out with while the the gods that are higher above are way more cartoon like mm-hmm. and i think that's a very good blend and it's a very good blend of like colors and stuff too the color palette on this is amazing yeah, I actually, um, she has like these little in-between things where sometimes she'll like answer questions or just show concept art. Um, and I was reading one and like it, a lot of it was like talking about how intentional she is with the color. Like the fact that 
you know, Hades is blue and Persephone is pink is because she like wanted him or she wanted her to stand out in the design of the underworld and, and like to have that contrast. And it's really cool. My favorite thing, especially with reading some of the newer chapters is when some of the gods lose their temper, they start cracking and there's other like brighter lights underneath them when they start cracking under pressure. Mm -hmm. And it's such a really cool, like really cool, like visual representation of someone just losing it. Mm hmm. Um, so the main premise, as we said, follows Hades and Persephone and their relationship. And it's a weird relationship because she's vowed to be a, become a virgin maiden, right? I think it's I think it's flower maiden, but basically she but she has to remain a virgin is the yeah. whole thing. And she's only doing this because her mother doesn't want her to be touched by anybody. <laughs> yeah. As we come to find out. And then Hades is in a pretty toxic relationship that he can't get out of because if anybody's been in a toxic relationship that started out very nice and loving that you realize like you still have feelings there and you can never really let go of them and it's and, it's but, always hard too because i feel like whenever you're in a toxic relationship it's generally one of the things where the person that you're with has problems mm-hmm. um like either insecurities or or just like like there's something there like trauma they're working through um because it's not like people who you know are are on the other side of that relationship people who are emotionally abusive it's not like so many of them set out to be like i'm just going to be a fucking awful person to a, to somebody it's generally like they're working through shit and then it makes it harder because it's like you don't want to abandon this person you know yeah. and so and it's very much one of those situations like that hades is in and and, and it, it, she's definitely written a perfect toxic relationship in like the way it's a perfect storm because Hades also has insecurities mm-hmm. that she feeds into and she knows exactly what they are so she'll pull at them to keep mm-hmm. them around and it's it's really those scenes in particular when they're basically being toxic with each other were the ones that made me the most uncomfortable because I had been in those situations. Mm-hmm. Like whenever you hit that, she hits a nerve that's really close to home with me when it comes to these relationships between characters. As usually when I had to stop reading, mm-hmm. because I I just felt too connected to the point that I was that I was having issues now trying to see yeah. these characters interact. Yeah, no, absolutely, and like I do have to say kudos to the series because I feel like a lot of times um, we don't talk about men who go through abusive relationships. It's always um, women who are kind of in it. And like, I think more and more we, we do talk about men who go through abusive relationships and and who have dealt with, you know, that kind of manipulation and and going through that painful experience. Um, But this, you know, web series, webtoon, whatever you want to call it, like very much goes into that. And, you know, it's, it's nice as as much as it's something that's really painful to read for anybody who's, who's gone through that. It's kind of nice to be validated. Yeah. And, and what's so interesting too, is it's a character that is a man with a lot of power, Mm -hmm. but whenever like these two people are around him, other than like his family, because there's scenes with his brothers that get kind of rough too. But whenever mm-hmm. these two women are around him, he basically just can't. He can't keep it together. He can't keep his composure. He can't keep um, a facade going on because he doesn't like having the power half the time. So he can't keep the facade up that he is some big hotshot when deep down he's just a boy who's kind of 
broken. And, that, and that's another thing too. They dive into Hades and how he's like in lore and in the the just in the world building how abusive his parentage is with his dad. Mm-hmm. And and even even that stuff like really just builds to a really compelling male lead. Um. So Jess, what exactly about the series though attracted you to it first though? I mean, I, I think no that- twice. <laughs> I think the thing that first stood out to me was the art. I am, um, I, my Instagram is all just artists. <laughs> like I, I, I'm really into illustrations. I'm really into digital art. I, I mean, I'm really into all art, but it's, it, I don't know. I'm, I'm just somebody who, who I, I really love, um, like well illustrated things. And like the yeah. first person that, um, God, I can't even talk. <laughs> Feel free to cut out some of the jumbles I just just then. Um, But when I first started reading it, it reminded me a lot of, have you ever um, read or I guess seen anything by Emily Carroll? What are some things that she's done? (laughs) Through the Woods is like the biggest thing that she did. It's um, a whole bunch of horror stories. And it's interesting. It's not, I don't know if I would call it like a graphic novel, but it's like Mm -hmm. an illustrated book. Um, And it's so good. Um, but it kind of reminded me of what she does. And I I was just really drawn to that. You know, and I think I'm also a sucker for like rom-coms. Like yeah. that's, that's my favorite genre of movie. <laughs> um, I will I will admit that. I, I like the warm fuzzies. Um, and it's it's definitely it's more of like a, a rom drum, <laughs> but there's still comedy in it too. Um, yeah, and like when the I, comedy lands, it's really well done. Oh, it's so good. Um, but no, I just like I started reading it, and I love the the fuzzy romantic feelings in in the comic. Yeah, we're talking talking about the romance and like the the characters interaction. Like at times, they feel very like rom commy modernish. Like uh, what there was the most in the most recent chapters. Um, and spoilers for a lot of this because we're just talking about what we like about the story. But um, Icarus comes in to yell at the, the trio of bad people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he says, let me just lay it out for you guys. And he just rips into all of them about how they're just terrible people and nothing that they think they're going to accomplish with their plot is going to come to fruition and they're just going to be sad and lonely for the rest of their lives. And like, I feel like that moment I would see in a rom-com of like the best friend just going after the people who are like the antagonist of the story. Oh, absolutely. But then at other times between like, especially between the brothers and uh, Zeus and Hera and stuff, it feels very much like a older romance in a lot of ways. Um, funny enough, when I was setting up, I was finishing up watching Jane Eyre because I was watching that last night. But I oh, nice. It. And I'm, I'm watching it. And I'm like, man, this just feels so reminiscent of what I just read because of how the older uh, gods interact with each other. Yeah. And no, it's I very totally much, yeah. And it's very much just like that, those old ways and some old ways that they used to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I totally yeah. see that. It, it's like that kind of like capital R romantic. Yeah. And I think the best thing about this, and we already kind of talked about with Hades is she deals with very sensitive topics, especially like, topics that don't get touched upon very well in comic books and probably the best way I've ever seen illustrated in any way. 
Um, they're still traumatic for, I, th- I feel like, anybody who's been through it or just doesn't like reading about really horrific and traumatizing things. But the whole peer pressure into sex for Persephone with, um, oh God, what is his name? Um, uh, Apollo. Apollo is really hard to read. And in the aftermath that follows for the few chapters, all of that is hard and dark, but it's handled with so much care and love that you don't feel like it's exploitative in any way. You feel like this is, she wants to show that like women can grow from this and fight back and get their voice back from something like this in a lot of ways. Yeah, no. And like that, you really nailed it when you said it's handled very like respectfully and what they show in the panels isn't, too much you know Mm -hmm. i um and something that i really like about it too is i feel like a lot of times when sexual assault is depicted um it's depicted in this very like simplistic like black and white way um whereas where it's something like you know she said no but it's like this forceful thing sorry to be talking about this a lot but it's like this forceful thing um that happens and she's immediately kind of upset and and it's like it's like very apparent but it's like the way that it happens in Laura Olympus is the way that it kind that it happens generally where it's yeah. like like it's it's definitely sexual assault but like you're kind of unsure because you, like I mean I've gone through sexual assault twice and whenever you go through that there's that questioning of like is this my fault did it like did i enable this did i and like that's the hardest part is kind of like reconciling with that afterwards um and so i like that they didn't make it just like this simple like violent thing um in the comic and it was something that was a little bit more complicated but at the same time like point blank that that is sexual assault you know yeah, and, and like it's everybody clear that it's wrong yeah, and everybody who she talked to was very quick to to not be like, oh, like tell me more about the details. Like this sounds a little no, it's like it doesn't matter. You did not want this. You made your you were uncomfortable. Like it was clear, like this is sexual assault. And like having the people reassure her um of that, you know, and like it was not even a lot of people. It's like cause I think at, at this it's point like it's two or three at this point. Yeah. Um, because she lives with Apollo's sister. She lives with um Artemis. And so you know, she she doesn't really feel comfortable being like, hey, you know, your brother did this. Yeah. Um, um, she but told... Eros knows, I think. Eros knows. I think Hermes knows because of Eros. Yeah. And yeah, I Hera think found out because of Hera's powers. Yes, exactly. So, and it's like every single one of them validates it 100% and mm-hmm. is, you know, stands by her. Yeah, and I think, honestly, the scene where Hera finds out and she like sees and feels what Persephone's been feeling is I think the best representation of when someone can finally talk to someone about it mm-hmm. even if it's not in many details they just communicate what happened in any way and that yeah. person receiving that information uh, understanding what's happening but also not being overbearing with the comfort in a lot of ways because I feel like sometimes we over we overcorrect when we hear about terrible information Mm-hmm. and become way too overwhelming too fast when it mm-hmm. comes to the comfort where i feel like hair like it's like oh my god this happened to you i'm just here now yeah. for you for anything now yeah absolutely no you're you're spot on um 
And I, honestly, watching that the story now weave since that encounter, which I think happens halfway through season one, um, yeah. And on and you see her and beforehand, you see her in um, Hades get intimate, not that that intimate, but just intimate in general. And you see the comfort he gives her in comparing it to Apollo, and what happens there is such a good contrast of each other too that it just keeps on stabilizing what Apollo is just a garbage person. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like and that's something that I I also like like it's not it's not a black and white depiction of Apollo either. Yeah. Because like he he struggles with but he's he struggles in a way that he's trying to justify what he did the whole time. Yeah. And like and he, you don't get to see that very often. No, yeah, and like it's it's really great that they do show that. Like he is hands down a shitty character. <laughs> like I'm not yeah. saying like oh no, he's complicated and redeemable. That's not at all what I'm saying. But it's one of those things to where, like I said, uh, sexual assault is usually depicted in this black and white, like very violent, aggressive mm-hmm. way. When generally, I mean, it's like you can look at the statistics. It generally happens with people that you know. You mm-hmm. know, it's and it's something that it's a lot harder to kind of like sort through than that um and so the fact that you kind of see apollo afterwards like being like oh well like i just want to actually be in a relationship with this girl like i'm mm-hmm. really into her like and like him still interacting with her in this way of like you know like like trying to go out with her and being like oh no like i mean you you liked it right like we had that special night it was great like he's just completely fucking oblivious to what he did mm-hmm. he does not like acknowledge it as something that's bad and he doesn't feel like a bad person. And I feel like we have like this idea of like, okay, if you're a sexual assaulter, like you must know, like you're like this bad shitty person and you, and you like hurting people and all this stuff. When nine times out of 10, a lot of people who do this shit don't actually realize what they're doing and what they are. It's like this completely delusional state (laughs) that these people exist in, you know? Yeah, and um, and and honestly, seeing Apollo trying to justify it, I think is for anybody who doesn't understand how people can get away with this, or like, well, if they don't believe, if they don't believe the victim, then maybe nothing really happened. You can watch with Apollo how he's manipulating the system to get people on his side the whole Mm -hmm. time, and that comes with his justification of why he did it and him trying to gaslight. Persephone into saying, "Oh no, this is how we showed that we want to be in a relationship together, et cetera, et cetera." Yeah. Because um, I feel like in the last few chapters, he's like, you see him trying to do that with Hera and Zeus, like trying to basically say, "Hey, I want to, I want to stop this before anything comes out." Yeah, exactly. And, and if I, if I can, if I can show that we were married, or if some, if we, if we were in a relationship before anybody finds out, I can say, oh, that was consensual because we were married or something. Mm -hmm. You can see him trying to worm his way around admitting what he did. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I think that is good too for people to kind of understand why it's so important just to believe from the start. Yeah, exactly. Because it's so easy for the, for the, the perpetrators to just turn everything around. It's just, it's so easy and you get to see it now from that side. Yeah, it's it's you know the people who the people who do that shit are messed up. <laughs> you know, like I said, I feel like a lot of people, you know, they don't have the perspective of like I'm an evil person going mm-hmm. to do this evil thing. It's like it's it's a warped way of of rationalizing things. And so it's cool. I I mean maybe cool is like the wrong word, but it's 
interesting it's even weird to say nice it's, it's nice yeah. to see because you don't want to see it yeah no but i mean it's it's a good thing that it's a, a good rep it's a good thing that's a good representation so people can understand better if that yes exactly it's hard to say anything bad is good but that's what we mean it's like it's a it's a good learning tool a good way to understand yeah it's it's a way to show that the situation from both the the perpetrator and the victim's perspective is a lot more nuanced still absolutely wrong it's still good that they reinforce over and over and over again that yes it is sexual assault yes that shouldn't have happened to you like this is it's a heartbreaking thing and he is a fucking horrible person like that is constantly reassured but you do get to see the actual like nuance and the weirdness in that situation because it's not it's never a black and white thing never and speaking about like the small nuances of things that are more complex but still wrong in a lot of ways is i feel like the relationship between um hera and zeus and i love the way that's represented overall because we everybody knows everybody who knows anything about history and knows just even a smidgen of mythology when it comes to Greek and Roman is is like Zeus is literally the worst. <laughs> like he's yeah. literally the worst husband ever to exist. Yeah. I mean um, how many children does he have through how many different women like he Yeah. Yeah. And to see that represented in this in such a um again, Zeus trying to justify why he does it mm-hmm. and also why he stays with Hera and why Hera stays with him is it just really shows like how complex when you really do love someone but at the same time you don't you're a restless person in some ways and you Mm -hmm. don't know how to say oh i need to just stop being in this relationship then if i can't be committed it's complex and it's bad it's still bad and they never paint zeus as a good person (laughs) like they never they never do but they do show how mentally and emotionally, it's hard for him to divide what he wants and how he feels. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also very good. Um, One of the small interactions that I actually... It's weird. So, I mean, the whole the whole comic is about, you know, shipping Persephone and Hades together. Mm-hmm. But I really did like the moment when you find out that Hades and Hera had kind of like mm-hmm. this romantic connection, like connection when they were younger. Yeah. Um, just because like you can see how that would be a natural thing because it's mm-hmm. like Hades has kind of always felt like an outsider to his brothers Poseidon and Zeus um, yeah. because they're they're up top you know like they have the nice job in the sun and you know they're they're recognized as being like you know these good forces whereas he is the god of the underworld <laughs> um, you know so it's like he's he's seen as something darker and more sinister it's like it's not like people are you know stoked about him appearing before them yeah. uh, and Hera is severely neglected by her husband so they both kind of have this outsider feeling and I mean Hades is the only one of his brothers who isn't a womanizer mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he tries as hard as not to be even yeah. if his brothers try to force it on him yeah and he's he he's a very like put together um you know kind of kind of more sensitive person and so it's like it's natural that like yeah this woman who is completely neglected by her husband and this man who is also completely neglected by the same person mm-hmm. and, and that kind of you know his family um have this sort of bond um and so that was like it was a really like tender nice moment and the fact that you know like they kissed 
and Hades like no like you know we we can't and, and she was like happy she's like okay like he's moved on this is nice you know yeah it was like this like bittersweet tender thing and I really did like that yeah and like the dynamics and uh, there's so many different complex and emotionally um emotionally like usually represented as black and white things that are shown mm-hmm. in this comic because I feel like Hades talking about his past very briefly and then more the more recent finding out Persephone going on a rampage and her mom hiding it and stuff mm-hmm. both of those show really interesting toxic parent dynamics and I think both of them are so we haven't got a ton of Hades stuff but the stuff with Persephone and her mom are very is very nuanced in a way where you're like oh yeah I see my parents in that and I understand why they do what they do but I still don't agree with it Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, there's Artemis's um best friend who's in this. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, he's the the pink guy. <laughs> um, do you remember which one I'm talking about? I am trying. It's not Eros, cause oh god, let me like <laughs> let me look up the pictures of them. I should have. I'm, I'm thinking about his backstory with him yeah. falling in love with a human. And, oh, that is Eros. That is Eros. Uh, Eros, okay. And part of me, when I was reading, I reading that, I was like, "Oh, this is a nice story." But now talking about how there's so many different representations of relationships in this, part of me is like, "Is this, is this her trying to represent uh, interracial relationships and how they're sometimes uh, perceived by the the parents and stuff as, oh, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like because that's what kind of feels like once you burn down. Is like he loves this human." but knows that it's so taboo in their family and his family's telling him, you need to stop. She's going to be dangerous. And her friends are telling him he's dangerous. He's a God Mm -hmm. and it breaks them up. And I feel like that's what happens. And like talking to friends and also reading stories from real people, how that can happen in interracial marriages or relationships where the families think the other people are terrible, just based off races. Mm-hmm. And it can eat at the people mentally and emotionally until the point that they break. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super well done, even if it's not explicit. I'm wondering if that's where she went for that. Yeah, no, I would definitely think so. I think the dynamic between like God versus mortal um, is definitely just like there. You know, there's an other in both situations, yeah. and there's like that fear there. You know, at least from mm-hmm. from the parents, from people who are who are ignorant. Jess, is there anything uh, in particular about the series, like just like one or two things that you think make it stand out so much among the rest, other than like the art style and kind of like the story stuff we talked about, but just like the characters, is there anything in particular about each character that you think like just stands out more than anything else you've read recently? Yeah, I mean... The characters feel very human. You know, it's something that mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier where they feel like your friends talking. Um, all of these characters, or I guess not all of them, but there are a lot of characters in this series where like when you're reading this, you're like, I just want to be friends with this person. Like yeah. they're just they're so endearing. Like Hermes, I love Hermes and Eros too. Like I love mm-hmm. both of them. Um, they seem like really good friends. Um, and And even, you know, Artemis who she's she's sometimes a little like you know headstrong and stuff like that but she she just genuinely wants to protect Persephone um and she's you know she's like that that mom friend kind of yeah 
you know um and even like the more complicated characters like the dynamic between zeus and hera the dynamic mm-hmm. between like like everything just feels very real um and it feels very heartfelt and sincere um nothing yeah. feels like just dramatic for the sake of being dramatic like everybody has this nuance to them yeah and even like the most toxic characters besides apollo i think in my book but every, even like the like the 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 toxic characters who are in relationships with Hades and mm-hmm. Zeus and and the ones surrounding them I feel like even I still like relate to them with friends I've had in the past and toxic circles that I've been in because I can see the patterns but at the same time I can also see the good traits that I liked in those friends in these characters mm-hmm. and it's it, it's it's a testament to how much she's been through i guess her life to be able to write these characters Mm -hmm. and also see how see them this clearly like they're very well visualized characters they are and and from the jump too which is super amazing yeah and it's like you know like uh, apollo apollo is a rapist he is irredeemable (laughs) he is a bad person um but even someone like mint who that's hades um first first love i guess um almost fiance um, they're together for a while. It's implied they've kind of had this on and off thing. It's kind of mm-hmm. been a little bit dramatic and chaotic. She drunk um, calls them halfway through at one point. Yeah, it's it's one of those things to where it's like she is definitely emotionally abusive and verbally abusive. She is she is a toxic person. Um, but I couldn't help but feel for her sometimes because mm-hmm. you know I have BPD mm. and when I would watch her at times, I was just like, I get where she's coming from. Not in a way that I'm like saying she's valid, but it's like, you get that she's scared, you know, that she has a Mm -hmm. hard time dealing with relationships, that she's very insecure. um, And that sometimes she just acts out because she doesn't know how to act properly. Yeah. I mean, it's heartbreaking because you realize half the time that she's fighting Hades is because she doesn't understand why, why he's with her. Yeah. And like she doesn't feel like you know she feels like just a side piece basically she's she's a nymph and he's a god and mm-hmm. so she feels like how like i see how zeus is with mm-hmm. you know his women like i know how these how people like me are normally treated by god so like why is this guy with me i'll never fit in like i'll never be accepted by his family like i have no chance with this guy so she she doesn't know what to really do and she kind of she shuts down she's mean she feels like she has to be withholding because like that's the way that she could make him more interested um and she has shitty friends who also her her best friend is zeus's affair too yeah and she's and she and her friend sees how much hades actually does love her Mm -hmm. and gets jealous so she torpedoes that relationship and it's like okay are you guys really friends or do you just love to hate the people the same people like that's how it comes up at some points yeah i mean she is she is she has the wrong people around her and she's incredibly self-sabotaging um you can tell that there's there's just a lot there and so it's like as much as i can admit like yeah this woman is toxic he should definitely not be in a relationship with someone who makes him feel this way um you know no one deserves that but at the same time it's one of those things where it's like i feel for her like i i understand this and like i wish her the best and that she gets help and that's kind of honestly how it ends with hades too yeah and she's such a good foil for persephone in a lot of ways because they both feel like they both kind of feel unwanted yeah um they both 
love the same man, which is difficult. Um, but with her, she kind of makes up her... I wouldn't say she makes up her trauma, but she makes up excuses to be this, be the way she is. Mm-hmm. But Persephone has reasons to be that way, and she chooses not to. She forcefully like makes herself not be that way. Um, you see her hold back her anger, hold back her tongue when she's has every right to lash out in that moment. Um, and it also shows like the friend dynamics between them of how good of a system Persephone has, even if Artemis is very oblivious to what's happening in some ways. She still has a very good friendship network, comparatively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I said, I Eros and and hate not Hades, Eros and Hermes are just the best. I yeah. adore both of them. And Eros's family's so good. Yeah. Even <laughs> all, if they are all a bit wild. Too, and yeah. Um, um, I think there's one scene where he, like, he comes home and like his mom's in like a ball gag or something. He's like, why are you yeah. doing this in the kitchen? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, it's really good. Um, and another like one more topic I want to talk about before we get into some questions and the one uh, listener story I have. What is what is the most satisfying moment so far? Do you think in the series? Ooh, that's a good question. For um, me, it's when Persephone breaks Apollo's harp in front of him. Or not in front of him. She breaks it and then she gives it to him. Yeah. Oh, God. That is such a good scene. That's why it made me mad in one of the most recent chapters that he's getting it back. I'm like, oh, I wanted it to be stay broken. Yeah. Um. Gosh, you know what's funny is like, I think for me, and this is so early on, it's so ridiculous that I really <laughs> love the scene. Um, but it's when it's like the first night that she sleeps at his house. Mm, yeah. It's like at the very beginning. So when she's first like, Basically, I mean, the way that this story starts is uh, Hades sees Persephone at a party um, and he basically says like, oh, she's so beautiful. She puts Aphrodite to shame. And yeah, Aphrodite, who is the goddess <laughs> was, of love. Yeah, Apollo's mom, right? <laughs> yeah, Apollo's yeah, yeah. mom. Or wait, no, uh, Eros's mom. Eros's mom, sorry. Yeah. Um, so she gets pissed <laughs> and um, she she decides that she's going to uh, take Persephone and she has Eros help her. Eros later does apologize for this and he's yeah. friends with Persephone. But Eros uh, helps his mom because he knows his mom is is a little dramatic and they put Persephone in Hades trunk or in the, in his backseat or whatever. Backseat. And like, they get her super drunk, too. Yeah, oh, they get her drunk, they throw her in Hades' backseat, and then Hades gets into the car, she's conked out, and he's just like, uh, well, I don't know where this girl lives, um, this is embarrassing, and they definitely did this because I made Aphrodite mad, Mm. um, so I'm just gonna take her back to my place, and she can just crash there, and he's, he's really respectful, like, there's nothing, you know what I mean, and Mm -hmm. it's just, like, one of those things to where, like, it's, it's like that first moment when you get butterflies in the series because you're like, oh, mm-hmm. like there's something kind of there, and I don't know. It's it's really cute. It's a it's a whole it's a whole good part, and she gets to meet Cerberus too, and all of his dogs. Cerberus so good. Yeah, and Cerberus is such a good boy. <laughs> uh, I, there's something about the dogs. Whenever the dogs show up, you know it's going to be a pretty good chapter. Mm-hmm. There's just she draw, she draws them so well, and they interact with the dogs so well. Yeah, that's and <laughs> it's I don't know. I I I love Hades. Like I've I've described uh to people that Hades and Laura Olympus is basically just like a Bruce Wayne figure and so that's yeah. why I'm just completely enamored by him. What's bad is like I see him as Tom Hiddleston if Tom Hiddleston had more hair. 
Oh, I could totally see him as Tom Hiddleston. Right? Like, if Tom just wore his hair forward instead of the Loki haircut, mm-hmm. I 100% could see him playing Hades. Yeah, I could totally see that too. That's actually like a real good, real good fan cast. Um, okay, real fast. Who who would be then Persephone? Because I'm trying to think who. I think Anna Kendrick would be good in the way Persephone is like goofy, but I don't know if she would be the best. I'm trying to think of like, gosh, let me think. Because I feel like Anna Kendrick is a little too like. Honestly, she might be, uh, what's her name? Hades' uh, current girlfriend at the beginning. Um, yeah, like yeah. I, she's just a little too like little and timid, I guess. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of who who it could be, though. It's just bad that I'm blanking on so many lead actresses. <laughs> I know. Um, Kat Dennings is too sassy, but she's almost perfect. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm like looking up right now. I'm like looking up like young actresses <laughs> who can pull off the bob haircut. That's my question. Yeah. Gosh, I'm looking and I really don't know. <laughs> we nailed it with Tom Hiddleston in one. Yeah, but we can't figure out Persephone. Tom Hiddleston. That's it's just a really good choice. Um. I don't know. I'm like I said, I'm like looking through lists even right now, and I just Persephone is she's a mystery, I think, right now. <laughs> they're they're doing like I think I don't know if it's just trending everywhere or if it was just TikTok, but they're doing like uh webtoon auditions and it seems like people are auditioning for voices in Laura Olympus. Ooh, and I'm like, please cool. please let Laura Olympus be the next funded webtoon animation, please. Well, there um there is a TV show in work in the works right now. Oh, and then perfect. That's all I need. That's all I need. I want to see yeah. this voice acted because it's so good. I'm so excited for it. Um, yeah. <laughs> also, that's a nice thing about webtoons. I don't know. If, okay, if you guys haven't read webtoons, there's a really nice feature in some of them where they put soundtracks in, and it just adds something to while you're reading it. Yeah, uh, they they do it in Lore Olympus, and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I have two reader questions before the reader story the first one and we kind of had a mini discussion on well i didn't but some of you guys did on twitter already about this but kayla asked if uh, we've watched or read the percy jackson movies slash books uh, and if so how do you tell that to someone who under who is uninterested but loves greek mythology <laughs> um i've seen both movies and i've read the first book I have not seen them at all or read them. <laughs> I, I have think no okay. Percy Jackson knowledge. I think if you like young adult fiction that you'll like them just fine. I think that's that's the biggest hurdle is you have to like young adult fiction. I don't anymore, so I can't go back and read them. Um I have the hardest time reading young adult stuff now. <laughs> um mm-hmm. but I think that the characters are really well thought out from the get-go, for at least from the first book more so than the Harry Potter books, if we're comparing franchises. Um, and, like, they they have a diverse cast. They have um, really cool, interesting twists on the lore. Like, my favorite... Uh, I wish I could remember which god it was, but basically there was a god that ran an amusement park, so they had to go to that and stuff. Like, it's really well done. So if you like really cool twists on lore, and you don't mind the young adult fiction, I think that's it, a super easy read for that. Um, and then the second question I have is, uh, E asks, Jess, which character do you identify with the most? Hmm. I think 
honestly, I think Persephone. Which I think makes sense that most people probably would identify with Persephone and Hades the most because they mm-hmm. are the most well-rounded characters. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. else is pretty extreme in their personalities. <laughs> like, I wish, I feel like my sister definitely feels like a, like a, an Artemis, you know, mm-hmm. like she, like, it's like spot on. Like whenever I see Artemis, I think of my sister. Um, and like, I, I like wish that I had a little bit of Hera because Hera is just a badass. I love yeah, her. Hera's like so Hera's, Hera's like probably my favorite character. I really do love her. Um, mm-hmm. but I think, yeah, I feel like, I feel like a Persephone, um, which I just had a thought for who should play her. Oh, go. Florence uh, Pugh. Oh, yeah. Gosh, she's in everything. And she's so good in everything. She's, yeah. And, like, she also just has kind of, like, that softness. Like, kind of the rounder face. And, like, you know you know what I mean? Like, she, yeah, I feel no, like she just... Perfect. And she can handle, like, the idea of a maiden in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I feel like it's one of those things to where, like, with Persephone, you'd want to cast definitely younger because Tom Hiddleston is older. But, like, that's kind of the dynamic between Hades and Persephone. Yeah. But she still has... Her. Like she's still able, like Florence is able to carry herself, um, yeah, kind of more maturely and stuff like that, while still looking fairly youthful. I mean, yeah. Now I'm thinking about um, Little Woman. Um, yeah, that's that. Like her character in Little Woman, Joe is 100. percent Yeah, is Joe. Is she, her, is she Joe? Uh, yeah, oh, she's no, Joe. She's, is she okay? What? I was like, God, am I getting? No, 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 she's Amy. She's, no, she's Amy. Amy. Joe is um, uh, what's her? Uh, gosh, everybody's name is gone. <laughs> yeah, uh, the ones in Lady that's joe um yeah yeah um no yeah she, but she's like she's she's persephone and a little woman so yeah it's perfect <laughs> um all right so i have oh yeah, i guess i should say who i really yeah. i was not asked i feel like i relate to um hermes the most of like the friend that's always in everybody's business at the same time but also trying to make sure everybody's safe and protected hermes is the best so i yeah. i love that yes <laughs> All right, so I have one uh, reader story, and it's a little long and a little, it, again, it touches on the topics we talked about, because that's how people relate to these stories. And then this is the reason why this show exists, is we see ourselves in these comics in a lot of ways. So even when they're dark and they have dark moments, they can help us with trauma, right? So I'm going to read it. I'm trying my best to read it best I can, but also kind of quickly, because it is quite long. Um, so the question was presented, how has Laura Olympus impacted you? And this person wants to stay anonymous. So Anonymous says, I discovered Laura Olympus during summer 2019, working part-time at my college while taking classes so I could graduate on time in the spring. At first, Laura Olympus was just an interesting and well-targeted ad, commonly present throughout my morning Instagram scroll. Later, Laura Olympus became the morning scroll as I tried to catch up, spending an hour or two in bed transfixed by the slow burn romance, the opulence of Olympus, and the cast of characters. During one of those periods, I came across a content warning for the themes of sexual trauma that may be upsetting for some viewers. When warnings like this pop up, I usually just acknowledge them and pass them by. These kind of warnings really didn't apply to me, so why would I, uh, so I would just continue forward. For Laura Olympus, that wasn't the case. I'm not sure about episode, I'm not sure what about episode 24 stirred the most. Uh, maybe it was the anticipation of what was about to happen after seeing Apollo's behavior. Maybe it was the imagery of uh, Persephone, Persephone in a cage, locking herself as she was processing what was happening and making her choices. Or maybe it was the explicit events of Apollo forcing Persephone down and coercing her to having sex with him and seeing Persephone bewildered and troubled train of thought. Um, that's something we didn't touch about, but yeah, that representation of just being berated over and over again to something mm-hmm. is just 
visually there, and it's hard to read. Mm-hmm. It was a train of thought that I recognized from earlier that spring in a stranger's house on a stranger's couch bed thing. My friend and I had gone out to downtown bar where a local pop punk band was playing songs from their debut album. A few beers and shots later, we were hitting it off with the band's guitarist and uh, contemplating riding back to his house in his bandmate's car. My friend and I were hesitant and indecisive, but I just piped in and said, okay, I should have listened to her. At his house, the band's guitarist made moves on both of us, making out with my friend before she took herself out of the situation and excused herself to the bathroom. But he had mostly turned his attention to me, not wanting, waiting for my response. He moved through my clothes and my body with reckless abandon, blurring the lines between consent between arou- and between arousal and fear. On the Uber ride home, my friend and I were silent, trying to process what had happened, because in all honesty, I didn't know what had just happened. I ended up with an infection and settled to just push the experience out of my mind while dealing with the final papers and exams. Reading Laura Olympus in the midst of work and classes forced me to slow down and confront what had happened. Maybe I should have paid attention for that content warning for themes of sexual trauma because the group of people that it applied to now included me. While the storyline of Persephone and Apollo wouldn't always have their hands on the story's driving wheel, the motivation of seeing Persephone come out of this stronger was something that fueled me to read the rest of the story. And the feelings built up payoff in episode 66 when Persephone opens up to Eros about what had happened to her. What was even more beautiful is the matter in which she does so. Being the Greek god of love, Eros just asked Persephone to give him her hands and to show me what happened. Dipping into his powers to see exactly what had happened through her eyes, Eros cryingly immediately tells Persephone that Apollo had raped her. Wouldn't that be great if we could just so easily see what happened through someone else's eyes and have a perfect point of view of what they've seen and what they've been through? Reading the scene, it was kind of a clarity I desperately wanted amid my own confusion for what had happened. It was an unbiased truth of events, a fact checker to vet, vet my story and challenge my thoughts. In the months after the saw, I was replaying the events in my mind, trying to figure out what had happened, tracking down and defining my thoughts more than anything. I just, I just wanted someone to hear my story and give me straight up rundown of events. As someone who needed and wanted everything and have all of the information at her disposal before making decisions, Eros was the idealist support I had wanted. However, my clarity that Laura Olympus encouraged wasn't uh, the kind that helped piece together what had happened. This clarity was needed for acceptance of what had happened. I was sexually assaulted, but more importantly, the clarity was the needed to accept that it wasn't my own fault. However, people like Eros, in the sense of a good friend who will always be by your side, was something I did have. And in going through the motions of the night, I was distract, uh, detracting from my work and my sanity. I was beating myself up by continuing to blame my assault on my innocence and sexual naivety. I was able to take myself... Out of the cage of thoughts and breaking my cycle of self-hatred by seriously talking to friends about myself. Around three weeks after episode 66 dropped, I went to see my college's Title uh, Nine office. It's easy to uh, relate to any of uh, Smythe's, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, <laughs> Laura Olympus characters, but none more so the naivety and innocence of Persephone from the moment she steps into the unknown of Olympus. On the surface of Laura Olympus, Persephone struggles to balance her studies for the internship, and while trying to carve out some sort of social life, internally Persephone is trying to control her powers, her own emotions, and her own sense of self as she em- enters Olympus for the first time. Previ- uh, previously spending time with her mother, demeanor on the moral realm, 
Persephone's plant, Laura Olympus, rings true to most young adults today, whether they are starting college, a new job, or simply navigating a huge life change at a young age. The fact that she's doing it all with trauma she has faced speaks to the strength she inspires in everyone, and the blueprint she lays out for survivors is something I will carry with me as I navigate young adulthood. And, like, I always ask for reviewer stories, and I don't usually get a lot of them in, but these are the stories I long for because they're so powerful and they hit me really close to home, and this is the point of this show. This is, this is why I think comic books in general matter, because they have these stories and they can help us figure out our lives in some ways. And as always, to Anonymous, like, we here believe you about everything you say, and you are valid in our eyes in every way, and we want to see you get stronger from everything. Absolutely. It takes a lot to to get to the point where you can share your story. And it takes a lot to get to the point where you don't blame yourself and where you take action and you go see, you know, your title nine off, you know, I'm trying to think of the actual word for like the person that you would see, I guess, representative, um, or you go to therapy or you report what happened. Um, it's every, every step of that process requires so much courage um and then being willing to share that story with us today um also just a, just a huge act of courage and i hope um if you're listening <laughs> uh whoever sent this story in i hope you're doing a lot better and i hope you know that you're loved and safe and Again, I, I recommend if anybody's looking for something to read on their phone or just are curious about webtoons, I think this is the perfect one to start with. And it's just, it, it's like reading something so natural. And if you're struggling with just relationships in general, this is a, a good catharsis in a lot of ways, as we just read in the viewer story. But just with like, me and Jess both, like, we're all reading this, it just felt like, oh, somebody understands. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, with uh, it, it's a heavy way to kind of end an episode, but I just wanted to make sure that story got read and um, and really throw out that, like this is what the point of the show is to give us why these matter to people and to get people interested in them and trying to maybe connect with them themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, whenever any piece of media can can do that, when it can make you feel understood or give you the courage or motivation to to do the things that you want to do or or that you wish you could do um whenever they they get you to that place um that's that's what it's all about that's what it's mm -hmm. for um and so with that jess um uh, thank you again for being on this was a great time talking about uh, Laura Olympus, and I wasn't expecting to talk about so many different aspects of it, but once you get going with someone who's just as passionate, you find all these cool things. Yeah. No, thank you for having me on. I, lo I love talking about comics with you. Um, Jess, where can people find all of your new stuff and your old stuff and the stuff you're doing constantly? Yeah. The best way to keep track of all of it is to just follow me on Twitter. <laughs> um, and that's at just Jess is fine. Um, I, I do write, I'm the managing editor over at Uppercut. I'm uh, an intern at Paste uh, working in the games section. I say the games department, but <laughs> the games section. Um, so I, I put out a lot of different pieces. And like I said, Twitter is the best because I always promote them there. Um, if you want to check me out on Twitch, it's at Jess is fine. No, just in that one because it was taken by some inactive account. Of <laughs> so, course. Yeah, that's how it goes. Um, but yeah, that's that's where you can find me.
And you can follow this show on Twitter at Comics Matter Pod, uh, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Comics Matter. You can email us at comicbooksmatter at gmail.com. And at all three of those, if you have any questions you want to send in for guests or just general questions that you want me to throw around with guests, you can send them at all three of those uh, stories like the one we talked about today about how comics impacted you in any way. It doesn't even have to be about the topic we're about to talk about. It could be about any comic book. You can send them to all three of those. Or if you want to be a guest on the show somehow, uh, you can ask me about that and on any of those platforms also. I uh, um. Uh, you can leave a review wherever you listen to the show. I, I needed to keep asking people for that so we can promote it more. And tell a friend if you like the show about it and uh, spread it around. Uh, the logo for the show is done by my friend Steven. And the theme is Join a Restaurant by David Zetsi. And lastly, everybody, remember just to be good to each other. <laughs>